Spring Well. We're so glad you guys are here this morning. Would you guys stand and worship with us? doing today? It's good to see everybody. 
I count on one thing and The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting and The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh yes, I God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. And the same God who's never late is working all things out. Working all things out. Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Sweet. 
Don't you guys love and appreciate Tana? Our, our entire team. Our team is, is so amazing, so amazing. don't just have the opportunity to lead this team, but I have the opportunity to be a part of it. There's, there's a lot of us on this team that, that we're more than just a band, we're more than just worship leaders, but we're family. And I know that that's what I have with Jana. A lot of you know this, but a few months ago, Jana lost somebody very close to her. She lost her mom, and it was a, a very unexpected thing. And I know that the journey for Jana has been very, very hard over the past few months. But the thing that I love about Jana is even while going through such a difficult circumstance, she's been faithful to her creator through it all. She's been faithful, faithful to serve others, to serve me. And I know that with Jana, when she walks out on the stage, she's not just singing a song and a set list, but Jana is worshiping every step of the way. And I know that she leads me in worship every single week, not just when she's on this stage, but I get to actually see her in the back of the room when she's not on the stage. And she's just worshiping her heart out back there. And even in those moments when I'm standing on stage and I see her back there, she's leading me in worship. And I know that, that my prayer for Jana over the past few months has been that even losing, while losing a close member of her family, that she would experience family here. And I think that she has, I think that she's found that. Um, Rick, can I get you to come down here? Uh, this is Rick. Rick also plays guitar in the band. This is Jana's husband. And they've been walking this journey together over the past few months. And this morning before we we go any farther. I, I just wanted us as a church family, if we could just pray for Jana and for Rick. I'm just so thankful that they're here. So can we do that? Would y'all pray with me? Lord, I just thank you for, for who you are.
Lord, I pray that, Lord, for Janet and for Rick, Lord, that you would just be very real to them. Lord, during this, this time, during this season, Lord, I can't imagine uh, the struggle and, and the grief and the confusion. Lord, even just wondering where you are in all of this. But Father, this morning I pray that you would just surround them with your presence, with your love. Father, that you would use all of us, Lord, just to, to speak to them, Lord, to love on them. Lord, to remind them that, that it's okay to hurt. It's okay to struggle. Because you're a big God and your love is big and your love never breaks. Your love is perfect. And Father, I do pray, Lord, for, for the hurt, for the struggle. Lord, that you would help them through that. Lord, that you would help them to experience you through that, to grow closer to you through that, Lord. Father, I thank you just for, Lord, who they are. Lord, these two people right here are the example of what it means to serve other people, to serve you and to do that well. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that you've chosen, Lord, for them to do that here with us. So, Lord, help us to be family to them. Help us to love them well, to be there for them to help them. And Father, we pray for your peace that is beyond all understanding. We're so thankful for them, Lord. And Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. Thank you guys for worshiping with us. If you will, go ahead and have a seat. Uh, there may be some folks in the room right now that are sitting there even thinking, you know, wow, I don't even know what I just experienced. I'm not even real sure what just happened. I think for some of us, it's real easy as well to say, well, there's a couple that's up on a stage and they're leading worship and, and to focus on, well, they, they have to be in a completely different realm than I'm in. They have to to be such a different follower of Jesus than I am. And one thing that I can tell you definitively, not just about the people on stage, but the people who fill this room is that we're all broken. And one of the things about brokenness is just because you're broken doesn't mean that God can't do something beautiful in and through you. And beauty can come from brokenness. And I think that there are some of us, maybe a lot of us who walked in this room this morning who feel like, we are, we are defined by who we've been. We're defined by who we are, what we, what we have done, what we're doing currently. And as a result, uh, we see ourselves through that lens. And our prayer today is that as this service continues, um, the theme that you're going to hear overwhelmingly is that there is a hope, there is new, there is change, and all of these things can take place in our lives. 
We just have to understand who we, where, where we find our identity and in whom we find our identity. And that's what you're going to continue to experience this morning as we continue to worship today. We are grateful that you are here hanging out with us today, especially if today is your first time, even your second time. Thank you for being here to worship with us this morning uh, and giving up part of your weekend to be here. Um, we're going to continue to worship now through a time of giving. And if today is, if you are a guest with us today, do not feel obligated to give in any way, shape, or form. This is an opportunity for those of us who call Springwell home to give back to God what he's blessed us with and to say, hey, I, my life has been changed by this place, and I, I want to see more life change happen. So when we give, when we honor God with our giving, that's what happens. Life change happens, and we play a part in that. So we're going to do that now. Um, you can give in a multitude of ways. Um, you can give out at the kiosk that you'll find in the lobby on your way out this morning. You can text to the number that you see on the screen in just a moment. Also, you can give online at springwell.org. Also, if you just like to give kind of the good old-fashioned way, we're going to do that as well. So if you were on the left-hand side of a row, if you'll look under your chair, you'll find a black bucket. If you'll just pick that up for us and pass it across the road to the other end, we'll continue worshiping this morning. Thank you guys so much for being at Springwell today.
Who do you say I am? What do you think when you look at me? Do you see my faults and failures, all of my mistakes and bad decisions? When you compare me to the world you live in, do I even measure up? Because when I look at myself, I know that I don't. I know who I am. I know what I've done and what's been done to me. I know the story behind every scar on my heart and every tear that I've shed. I know what I think of myself. And this world is all too eager to offer the evidence to prove that I'm right. I know who I am. That's when I hear a small voice whisper. remember who God says I am. He says that I am totally and completely forgiven. I am loved forever and secure beyond my wildest dreams. He thinks about me continuously and he has given me new life. I am his friend forever. I am perfectly designed for a wonderful purpose and I am not defined by the opinions of others or the circumstances of life but by the the careful and wonderful and loving and all-knowing and all-powerful planning and purpose of an eternal God. I am an incredible work of art sculpted by the one who created and crafted the universe. I am a citizen of his kingdom and I am in this life to be the salt of the earth and light of this world, reflecting his love to everyone everywhere I go. I am who you say I am. I am a child of God.
I am a child of God. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. But to all who believed in Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become the children of God. You don't have to sit down or stand up, do you? It's okay. <laughs> they are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but birth that comes from God. I am a spiritual contributor, not a spiritual consumer. I am alive. I'm alive. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I am a faith-filled, life-speaking, fully devoted follower of Jesus. I'm a masterpiece. I know it's hard to believe, maybe for some, but I am a masterpiece. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. I am chosen. I have been chosen by the Creator of the universe. He chose me even before He made the world. Ephesians 1, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. <clears throat> I am determined. I'm determined to love God and the people that He loves with everything I have. I am strengthened by God who upholds me, who protects me, and who strengthens me. I am filled with His love, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of love in our eyes. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I am joy, Galatians 5. I am gentle, Galatians 5. I am peaceful. Even in the midst of turmoil, I am peaceful because of what I have in Christ. I am patient. Have mercy. My wife might say, maybe not. But anyway, I'm patient, not because of anything within me, because I'm patient because of who I am in Jesus. I am kind. I am filled with His goodness. I am faithful. I am gentle. I am self-controlled. I am self-controlled. I don't have to work myself up and... To be self-controlled, I am self-controlled. I am steady. I am not alone, for God is for me. I am not alone, because God is with me. Psalm 118, verse 6, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I am fierce in confidence and boldness, because God is with me. Psalm 118, verses 7 and 8 and 14, the Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Joshua chapter 1. Oh, this is good. 5 through 9. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. So I'll be with you. And then he says this. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. The power of God's word so that you'll be careful to do everything written in it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. I have not commanded you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. There's a reason that this is not on the screen. Thank you. You guys are amazing. 
There's a reason that this is not on the screen this morning because literally this is something that probably, I don't know, several years ago that, that little bit by little bit God just helped me to put this list together of who I am. I have struggled most of my life with insecurities. I have struggled most of my life at times with fear, being overwhelmed with, with me and who I am, with who I said I am, with who other people have said that I am. And then over time, God began to do this unique, creative, incredible, sweet work in me. So I have to have that list every day to remind me who I am in Christ. That I am gentle. I am self-controlled. I don't have to work myself up into it. So like if you're, if you're brand new to church, what, what does the Jesus thing mean? It means that when I am in Christ, I am radically changed by his power. Wow. But here's the thing. We all have hurts we can't forget. Hang-ups we can't get over. And habits we can't get rid of. We want to be free. We want it. Don't you want it? We desire it. We, we, we crave it, but there are obstacles that stand in our way. One of those obstacles is our character defects. So let me give you a quick list of some possible character defects in case like you've been in church your whole life and you don't know what they are. So are you ready? It's going to be a lot of fun. Some of you are going to be radically humbled. The first one is anger. I better speed up or we're not going to make it through this. Anger, anxiety. Arrogance, closed-mindedness, dependency, codependency, and there's a new term I just learned called overdependency. I have no idea what that means. How do you go from dependency to overdependency? I don't know. That's just what they say. Controlling attitude toward people, places, and things, fear, gluttony. I meant to leave that one out. Greed, gossiping, impatience, intolerance, being judgmental, jealousy, envy, laziness, procrastination, perfectionism, prejudice, rationalization, minimizing, justifying, resentment, rigidity, selfishness, and self-pity. Have mercy. And the thing of it is, you know because you got some junk in your life, you said you didn't even mention like my other five. This list is not exhaustive. Where do they come from? That keeps us from being able to walk in the power of who I am in Christ. Where, where, where do these character defects, where do they come from? We'll be glad to know that according to the experts, they actually came from your parents. So your mom and dad really are to blame that you're as messed up as you are. Come on, you want to say amen, don't you? It's called chromosomes. We get some of those from our mom, some of those from our dad. And so really our messed up uh, you know, junk that we have really just kind of came from them. Our circumstances also make a contribution. Maybe you were raised in a home where there was the no-talk rule. And that home could have been very peaceful, actually. There was no hollering, screaming, calling each other names, saying ugly things. But maybe you grew up your whole life and you never heard your mom or your dad ever say the words, I love you. Maybe you were raised in a family like me that we yelled and screamed about everything. I mean, literally everything. We'd get into these hollering, screaming matches, and, and so we'd be calling each other names. Nah! 
and, and then suddenly when it was over with, just I don't know what happened. It's like the smoke would clear. We'd walk over to each other, hug each other, and say, I love you. I love you too. That will mess you up. And then, and then so you walk away with this twisted view of love. You don't really know what love is. And then again, according to the experts, a lot of our defeats, a lot of our defects are simply self-defeating attempts to meet those unmet needs. For example, you have a legitimate need for respect. But if you didn't get it early in life, then maybe you satisfied for attention. And you figured out different, some very unhealthy ways to get that attention. Maybe you were like me, and, and so, so maybe, you know, there would be an argument, maybe there would be a discussion, and you would just start off with this, this conversation being kind of gentle and quiet. And so you would say something, hoping, because you were trying to manipulate the situation a little bit, you wanted to hear something because you hadn't heard it, and so you kind of manipulate the situation, but, but then you didn't hear it. The other person, maybe they came from the no-talk rule family, you know? You come from the yelling, screaming family. Man, there's a conflict. So, so what do you do? Well, you don't know what to do. And so you say, well, okay, i got to cut up the heat a little bit. And so you do. And so you, you raise the level just a little bit more. Maybe you're not hearing me. Until finally you, you, find, you catch yourself yelling and screaming at somebody. Just because you're trying to get some attention. You have a legitimate need for love. But maybe you didn't get it growing up. And so you know what? You just settle for cheap sex. You've got to have something to meet that emotional need. You have a need for security. But maybe you didn't get that need for security as you were growing up. Nobody told you that they loved you. Nobody felt, made you ever feel safe and secure. So maybe you've spent your whole life trying to achieve, trying to work your way up that ladder, trying to buy stuff, try to have more possessions in order for people to be able to look at you and to think that you're really all that. And the problem with that is no matter how much you buy, no matter how successful you become, it's never enough. And then we have to admit that we all have made choices. Choices make a huge contribution. If you choose something long enough, it becomes a habit. If it's a habit long enough, then you feel stuck. And when you feel stuck, you feel worthless. And you feel like you're powerless. You feel like, I've tried. I'm not good enough. I'll never be able. I'll never be good enough to be. I'll never be good enough to go. A lot of people feel that about church. I've got to straighten up before I go to church. Come to Springwell. We'll make you feel better about yourself. So what do I do about these defects? Listen, man, this, this is not, man, I live this. You kind of understand what I'm sharing with you this morning, I have lived. I told you in the beginning, that was my list. I just got it out this morning. I thought, man, maybe I need to share that. And so I did. I'm just telling you, I've lived this. This is not just some message. This is, this is what I've lived my whole life, trying to figure out how to deal with my junk. Romans 12, it's so simple, right? Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't believe what the world says about you. Don't run to what the world says will, will bring you happiness or fulfillment or joy. Don't, don't do what the world's doing. He says, be transformed by the renewing 
of your mind. My translation is you got to change your stinking thinking. <laughs> Anybody willing to admit you got some stinking thinking? Yeah, me too. I read that our thoughts are an autopilot. They're our autopilot in life. If you want to change your direction in life, you've got to change your autopilot. The Bible says that your thoughts determine your feelings. Your feelings determine your actions. You've probably heard that before from somebody, but I, I added something to it. Your actions determine your direction. And more times than not, what has scared me is the direction I go in when I start that stinking thinking. So we've got to change our thoughts. I read this. I don't know if it's true or not, but it works really good into this message. So don't tell me it's not after it's over with. So that's not actually accurate. I don't care right now, okay? Just, it's a good illustration. So I'm told if you're in a plane, uh, if you put it on autopilot and it's going east, I read that you can actually forward it, force it to go west. You're in a plane. You're on autopilot. It's set to go east. You can force it to go west. But if you let go of the wheel, you know what happens? It goes back to east. Why? That's where the autopilot's been set. Now, you can turn it around by forcibly grabbing the wheel. You can grab the wheel. You can hang on to the wheel, or so I read. And again, you can force it to go in the opposite direction. But here's the thing. It takes willpower. It takes strength. And after a period of time of, of trying to hold that wheel to try to go in another direction, when you get tired, if you ever let go of the wheel, you still go back to your autopilot. The direction that you're naturally inclined to go. So here's the question. What's your autopilot set on? Maybe for you it's your addiction. People don't understand addiction. It's easy for people that look at others that are addicted to whatever and to be so critical of them. Why can't you just, right? Man, it's their autopilot. If, if, as long as they continue in the same direction, as long, you can try to fight it, but sooner or later you'll get tired and you'll get weary. You'll beat yourself up. You'll think that you're stupid and that you don't have the strength. And as soon as you let go of the wheel, you go right back down the road from which you came. I'm just saying. Maybe for you it's set on your pain. And maybe everything is good. When life is good, right? Because that's when, really, we find out where our autopilot is set, right? Man, well, life is good. Everything is good. But when we get in stressful situations, when we get in relationships that we're struggling with, when our job is not going the way we think it should, when our finances are low and we still have bills to pay, then what we can do is, and when life is good, we're, we're headed in that direction. But as soon as life is tough, we go right back to our autopilot. Maybe for you it's pain. Maybe for you it's loss. Maybe for you it's hurt. It's just that hurt that honestly you've never got over. You've never got past that hurt. Maybe it happened to you when you were a kid. Maybe you feel stupid and silly and weak that that hurt, that little thing is still bugging you. And in your own willpower you've tried to change but you've not been successful. So let's talk about how to reset our autopilot. Let's talk about how to uh, reset our mind. I'm going to give you some things that honestly, I'm just going to be gut level honest with, I've struggled a lot with. Are you ready? 
So when it's over with, just pat me on the back and say, that was sweet. <laughs> Number one, you want to change your autopilot, you want to change how you think, you want to change that stinking thinking, then you've got to focus on changing one defect at a time. I love this passage out of Proverbs 17. Here's what it says. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many different directions. And some of you, I love this church. One of the things that I love this, about this church is that we don't typically deal with a lot of self-righteous people. We just don't, you know? I mean, most of our struggle here is that we have people on the other end of the spectrum that say, are you kidding me? Like, I don't have one struggle. I don't have a couple struggles. Dude, I got like 30 things I need to change in my life, you know? Are you with me? That's kind of our people. And some of you are thinking, 30? I wish I just had 30. Man, I got like 50. And so, so you know, when you look at that, you think, wait a minute, what, where do I start? And so some of you don't really know where to start. If you start off in 30 different directions at the same time, I promise you, you'll fail. And so you might want to, if you're if your husband, maybe you should ask your wife. I would ask Jesus. I'm just saying he's going to be a lot sweeter about it. Maybe this she'll be. And she'll say, I don't care what Jesus said. You got 10 over here. You better change now. Anyway, I'm just, there you go. Start with one thing. Is it anger? Is it codependency? Is it denial? Is it grief? Is it overeating? What is it? Say, God, speak to me. Start with that one thing. Then, if you want to change your autopilot, <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is, this is so me. Man, I'm telling on myself. Focus on one victory one day at a time. It's, it's interesting in me, to me what Jesus says in Matthew 6. Here's what he says. Give us today. So he's teaching his disciples how to pray. Give us, do you notice this? Give us today our daily bread. See, I don't know about you, but like if I were asking, I would say, like, could I have maybe a month? Why are y'all looking at me like that? I mean, I literally, I just said, well, you know, I'm good for today, but if day's good, maybe, what about the year? Like, if you could go ahead and give me for the year what I need, but that's not the promise. The promise is I will give you enough strength for today. You know why? So that you'll have to trust him each and every day of your life. It's like the old saying, I know you've heard it, how do you eat an elephant? There you go. Life by the yard is hard, but by the inch it's a cinch. That's good stuff right there. That'll set you free. Some of y'all trying to figure out how to write that down. You can take a lifelong problem when you break it down into bite-sized pieces and you work on it one day at a time with God's strength. Matthew 6, verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow. And I don't know if I like this next part. I was real good. Don't worry about tomorrow. He said for tomorrow, he's going to have enough to worry about itself. <laughs> I'm the only weird person here. I thought, Jesus. Couldn't you, like, come up with something a little better? Now I'm worried about tomorrow. I wasn't worried about it until you said, well, tomorrow's going to have enough worry for itself. You just wait till tomorrow gets here. I'm just saying. Each day has enough trouble for its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. If you want to change your thinking, you've got to focus on God's power, not my willpower. I'm not going to labor here for long. We've talked about it almost every week, but it's critically important that you understand who you are. That's why for me that I am list is so important for me. 
I will be overwhelmed with my self-control to I understand I am self-controlled. I am gentle. I am loving. I am kind. Are you with me? I am patient. Karen would say, eh, not so much. You were doing good till you got to that one, right? I got I to gotta focus on his power. I got to say, Lord, I can't change my own power. I'm trusting you. I'm, I'm taking my hands off the wheel here. See, because I'm going to go back to autopilot. I know, God, I'm changing. I'm, I'm dependent on you to take care of this character defect. I can't do it on my own. You want to change that stinking thinking? You want to change your autopilot? Then you got to, oh, man, I, ugh, I'd like to skip this one. You got to focus on the good, not the bad. I'm a leader. I don't know. Somebody told me this is what leaders do. After every service, I could go back and evaluate what we did and come up with five things we should have done better. Usually it's all around me. You know, I, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, Karen would say, amen, you shouldn't have. But, you know, other people probably would agree. I mean, I can focus. Listen, I'm a leader, so sometimes I don't celebrate the victories. I'm always constantly looking at the thing that needs improvement. But I love what Philippians 4 says. I just, verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, Oh, you know where I'm going. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Whatever you focus on is what you're going to move toward. If you decide to go on a diet, this is painful, isn't it? Conviction already. If you decide to go on a diet, and you say, I'm going to start Monday morning. If, and if in your mind, you know, you're thinking, I do this. <laughs> what I do. I'm going to Ingles. I'm going to Ingles. I'm going down every aisle. I'm getting everything I want. Because tomorrow, I can't have it, right? Are you with me? Am I the only one? Come on, somebody else tell me you're right there with me. Listen, I, I, would, I can't even tell you all the story. It's nasty to tell you. I bought some, I don't even know what they called, apple fritter looking kind of things. I ate a half dozen by myself. That would be bad enough, but I ate three before I started the half dozen. <laughs> Listen, if I wake up on Monday morning, you know the first thing I'm thinking about? Oh, I'd love to have me some apple fritters right now. <laughs> if the only thing I do is focus on the bad, that's all I'll think about. Here's what I've read. I never, I never traced this down. I've never checked this out myself, but I've read that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Wow. I've just started fleshing some of this out as I've looked at my own list of I am statements. Here's my point. What if every week you just learned one? What if you just learned one? And so every week as you learn one, you're focusing on the positive, and you are allowing the power of God's Word, what God has to say about you, not what other people have said about you, not what you say about yourself. You can't trust yourself. You can't look in the mirror and trust what you've said. Trust God. Trust His Word. Just say it. You want to reset your autopilot? Huh. You've got to focus on people that will help you, not hinder you. Uh, in recovery, you've got to change your playground and your playmates. Hello. The right kind of people will help you. You know what the wrong kind of people will do? They'll stop you dead in your changing tracks. My mama, this was her favorite verse, with me. I've heard this all my life. Don't be misled. 
Bad company corrupts good character. And then she'd put it in a southern lingo that I would understand. She'd say, son, if you lay down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. And there was never an amen for me, more just an oh me than an amen. On the other hand, Ecclesiastes 4 says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can't help the other up. But pity the man, pity the man who falls down alone, who has nobody there to help him up. You cannot change on your own. You cannot do it. And God's design is his power through the beauty of relationships. I'm telling you right now, if you're not in a growth group, what are you waiting on? Get in a growth group. We don't just do it for our health. You realize that, don't you? We looked at this years ago. I am not kidding you. We didn't. You know, we, we, didn't, we decided, okay, we've got to break this down for bite-sized bites for us. How, do, how are we going to get where we need to be spiritually? How do we develop spiritually? And it was obvious when you look at the book of Acts that you do that through the power of relationships. And so we decided, we've, we've called them care groups. We've called them everything in the world. And then we finally decided on growth groups. Growth, get it? Are you with me? Growth, because you know what you do in a group? Wow, yeah. Listen, does it mean that you're going to walk into that growth group, connect with everybody there? Probably not. There's weird people in there. (laughs) Or maybe there's some sane, and you're the only weird one in the bunch. I I don't know. But here's probably what will happen. Sooner or later, you will connect with, with one person, with one family, with one couple. And then you'll start to do life together. And when I'm talking about life, I'm talking about getting gut level honest with each other. Here's my struggles. They'll share their struggles. And you will find yourself doing life with people. That's the way they did it in the Bible. That's why we do it the way we do it. Not hard. Show up and celebrate recovery on Thursday night. Just show up. Listen, you will walk in the room and you'll be with a bunch of people just like you. That just by the fact that they are there, they've said, I haven't got this figured out. I've got some character defects. I don't know how to work through this on my own. And so they humbly show up. And no, it's not all alcoholics and drug addicts. It's not. It's people that are just struggling, some that struggle with grief. And they don't know how to move past the loss of people that are struggling through divorce, people that are just struggling. People just like you. You've got to take a step toward finding community. I'm just telling you. You've got to focus on people that will help you. If you want to change that stinking thinking. Six. Man, this is, I struggle here, guys. I have so struggled here. You've got to focus on progress, not perfection. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I preached this for years but couldn't get it through my own thick head. Recovery, healing, change is a decision followed by a process. You're not going to get there overnight. I I love this. Philippians, I have to remind myself of this. Philippians 6, being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion tomorrow. It's going to take about 30 days until the day of Jesus Christ until, until, the, until I finally meet him face to face however that happens but until then every day of my life 
I'm going to be working toward, but I will never arrive on this side of heaven. So stop beating yourself up. Can God work a miracle? Absolutely he can. But my experience is more often than not, he doesn't. You know why? Let me give you this illustration. Let's suppose that you have one guy who prayed about something, whatever, some addiction, and he prayed, bam, God healed him. Got up off his knees, never had a desire for whatever that thing was ever again. Let's say you have another man. And let's say he gets down on his knees, he prays the same prayer, but God doesn't work that miracle in his life. So what he has to do is to depend on God's power every day for 365 days. Let's suppose he has to go from this verse of Scripture to this verse of Scripture to this verse of Scripture. At the end of that year, which man knows more about the power of God? The man who experienced a, a split-second miracle or the man who walked with God for 365 days? I'll tell you which one. It's a man that had to walk depending on God every day of his life for freedom. Some of you may be thinking, you know, God's probably only going to love me. I mean, really love me. Until I get to this one certain stage of whatever word you want to use, recovery, perfection, change, Whatever word you want to use. I mean, I've got to, you know, he, I mean, he's okay with me now, but I mean, what he's, he's waiting on me to get here before he loves me. That's a lie. He already loves you as much right now as he ever will. And, and listen, you, you can't do anything to earn more of his love. You got it all right now. His love is, is sure and it's constant. It never changes. So if you're a follower of Jesus, and you just recognize that you've got some character defects. What are you going to do about it? See, it's up to you. But if you never find freedom, it ain't God's fault. You can't blame Him. He said, let go. Come on, let go. Let me, let me have you. As messed up as you are, I'm crazy about you. Some of you have looked in the mirror for way too long and self-talk. Bad thinking, stinking thinking is, 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 is driving you nuts and is keeping you defeated. So what are you going to do? Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. And you are well aware that you have some character defects. That's why I love hanging out with unchurched people. That's why I love them so much. Because they're just honest. I mean, they know they're not perfect, you know? Churchy people sometimes. I mean, not any churchy people here across the street or something. I mean, not here. I mean, you know, we know we got it, right? We got it going on over here, but other places not so much. But they're so fresh. And so maybe the thing is you've tried on your own as a non-follower of Jesus, you've tried to be good enough, to do good enough, to be better, to do better, and you've miserably failed. Let's just be honest, man. You're desperate. You don't come to church on a Sunday morning if you've never attended unless you are desperate. Here's what I want you to know. God is crazy about you. He loves you so much. And he would say, I've, I've already taken care of all your stuff. You don't have to get better. You don't have to do better. You don't have to be better. Just give me your life. Trust me. 
Put your life in my hands. I've already taken care of all your sin, all your junk. I went to the cross, and on the cross, I shed my blood to pay the price. Somebody had to, and I was willing to do it. Because you can't. I mean, it's just, it's just physically impossible. It's spiritually impossible. It's emotionally impossible. He said, so I did it. I paid for all your sin for all time. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. Because if he's still dead, he can't do any of us any good, can he? A dead man's just dead, right? Jesus is alive. And what you feel right now is, is the awesome presence of a holy God just speaking to you. He's whispering in your ears right now. You hear him? He's telling you that he loves you. He's telling you that he loves you. And that he wants a relationship with you. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, but you'd like to be, then every head's bowed and every eye's closed. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to be, then maybe you would pray a prayer something like this. Maybe you'd say, God, I know. I know I have character defects. I know that my life is absolutely full of sin. And I have tried to be better. I've tried to do better. But I, I, I'm still just a miserable failure. I can't get it right. So I heard that you've already taken all my imperfection. You did that for me. You, you, you paid the price for that on the cross. And I know you're alive. I can feel your presence right now. So Jesus, I'm just asking you, humbly asking you to forgive me my sin I need you to step into my life I need you to be my savior thank you for your love your amazing love Lord uh, wow what, a, what an amazing day Lord what an amazing day for me wow the music today God I guess I say that every week and every song that we sang, wow. It was just so powerful. It just reminded me of truth. And thank you for the power of your word. And thank you for the sweetness of your love that never ends, never fails. I just want to tell you that I love you. I'm thankful that you're my daddy. And it's in that sweet name I pray.